Today on Hanging with Champions, we'll be hanging out with one of the biggest names in the sport of speed skating. And at just the age of 25, she's already a two-time Olympian, a single-distance world champion, and the only speed skater I know who, by claiming a European title, won the prize of two alpacas. Austrian <laughs> speed skater Vanessa Herzog joins us today. So come on, hang with us on Hanging with Champions. Welcome back to Hanging with Champions, where every week we hang out with Olympic stars, past, present, and future. I'm Patrick Keenis from NBC Sports, the Olympic Channel, and Westwood One. And you can hang out with us, too. Subscribe and get notified when the next Hanging with Champions episode drops. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Pandora, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, we are all there. And you can leave comments on our social channels on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, today, this is going to be a lot of fun because as followers of the show realize we had our first international Olympian on the show a couple of weeks ago, hearing all sorts of amusing stories from Canadian speed skater Evany Blondine. And now we jump overseas for the first time and welcome in the sprint powerhouse from Austria, two-time Olympian and world champion, Vanessa Herzog. And Vanessa, welcome. I can't thank you enough for spending a little bit of time with us here today. So I'm social distancing in North Carolina in the United States from my game room. I'm guessing your view in Austria is a little bit better than mine. So where are we finding you today, and what's your view out your window look like? Well, today out the window, it's really rainy. I just finished the bike ride in the rain, so I'm happy to be in the warm today. <laughs> and and you, you live on a, a on, on a huge farm, correct, with your husband, Tom, with all sorts of of uh, animals and wildlife? Yeah, we have a, a big like a big garden and we have two pigs, like around 30 chickens, geese and three alpacas. And uh, three alpacas now, not two. So the, the alpaca family is growing. Yeah, one was pregnant when we got her and now we have six. <laughs> well, we'll get to that story on how you acquired the first two alpacas a little bit later. So uh, first and foremost, Thoughts with you and all of your skating colleagues and all, all the teams around the country and around the world, because th this has been a season like no other for any of us uh, with the coronavirus that's impacting the entire world, certainly impacting your sport. So we found out last week that the ISU is at least delaying your season until after the new year. They were thinking about doing possibly a hub format in the Netherlands. It doesn't sound like that's all that likely. What are you hearing as far as the the, the potential of a speed skating season? Yeah, so far in the year 2020, I don't have any World Cups, so I start doing small races in Germany and the Netherlands. Um, yeah, I hope the 2021 will start with the European Championships. That's my hope. But it's really it's really difficult because Netherlands has quite a lot of coronavirus cases right now. So yeah, it's really uncertain. Normally, you know, I know the whole season. I have booked all the flights, but now I just know what I'm doing for the next few weeks. So it's a bit, I don't know, hard for an athlete. Well, when we talked to Evany Blondine a couple of weeks ago, even when the pandemic began, uh, at least here in the in, in North America in late February, early March. She was very pessimistic that there would be any type of speed skating season. Certainly she was hoping there would be, but she was she had an approach of 
this season probably isn't going to to occur. Are you optimistic at this stage? Are you pessimistic at this stage? Do you think there will be some type of season in 2021? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, when I did some interviews after the season, I said um, when we have World Cups in November, then yeah, we're pre- we could be really happy, but that's not going to happen. So yeah, I think as an athlete, you have to stay positive and believe that there's something 2021, but it's really difficult to say now. It, it's rising again, the coronavirus. Yeah, really difficult to say. And, and it's it's rising in Austria. I actually pulled up the most recent numbers uh, here in the United States. On average, every day, there are about 40 to 50,000 cases a day. If the numbers that I saw this morning are correct, there are about 50,000 total cases in the pandemic in Austria. Can can you enlighten the, the, the American fans over here on what the pandemic is like and, you know, how how. Uh, readily that uh, Austrian citizens are following whatever government protocols and policies are in place to tamp it down? We had a lockdown for about three or four weeks in April, May. So because we had like a thousand cases a day, which was a lot, we only have eight million people living in Austria. Um, So then we went down to 50 cases, which was pretty good. But after the holiday season, it's now again on thousand cases per day which is, yeah, quite a lot, but now it's not like jumping up to 2,000, 3,000 and more. But yeah, right now, the only thing we have to do actually is put a mask on in the supermarket or in, in any store. And yeah, we try to like keep distance, but that's all over the world right now. Yeah, it's, I hope it, and, it's relaxing. And so for the Austrian citizens, is, is there any type of politics in terms of some people not wanting to wear a mask and some people do, because that's that's a big issue here in the United States where it kind of depends which side of the political spectrum you're on, whether people want to wear masks or adamantly are opposed to wearing masks. Is it like that in Austria? In the politics, everyone is wearing a mask and no one is really against it. So everyone's quite positive about it. But of course, there are some people who don't want to wear it in stores but politics is pretty they did pretty good job i would say in the beginning but now i think they should be more strict you think they should be more strict i think so because now it's like more cases than we had in april may so it's still rising and it's yeah there's no end so how has this now impacted your your training? Because, you know, we've talked we talked with Mame Baini, an American short track speed skater last week and Evany Blondine a couple of weeks ago. This is a really important season for all of the winter Olympians because this is their last full season before Beijing in 2022. So how has this most impacted your mental preparation, your physical preparation in advance of Beijing, which is right around the corner. Um, I'm doing also summer sport. I do inline skating. So normally I do races, European championships, world championships. So I've been pretty good shape in summer. And this year I didn't have any races at all. I did athletics just for fun, but <laughs> it's not the same. And um now it's important to to do some races. It's pre-Olympic season, so 
you need to see where you are. You need to stay fit and in shape. So that's the main goal for the season, just to keep healthy, stay fit and try to prepare for the Olympics. Which which isn't easy to do, I would imagine, for you, because there are not many ovals in Austria. Are, are, are there any in Austria or do you have to go to Inzel in Germany and, and the Netherlands to, to get full training? We have one ice, but it's outside, so I start <laughs> mid-November. That's not <laughs> ideal, so I've been in cell most of the time and in Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And then, so and you have been doing some training outside of Austria. I, I read with with uh, the Dutch national team with the Rain Voost and and some others over the over the summer. Yeah, I'm in a Dutch like pro team with some. Olympic champions, world champions, and I've been on some camps with them. And right now we're in Inter for first period of training and ice races. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. And and I did read that when you were training uh, with, with the Dutch athletes, you mentioned uh, having fun kind of playing around in athletics uh, with some sprints. You're pretty fast off of the ice as well as on the ice. Uh, it, I, I did read that you're kind of joking around with the idea of being a sprinter for Austria in the Summer Olympics, was that just a an offhanded comment, or is there any kind of seriousness to that? Could we see you in the Summer Olympics? <laughs> oh, no, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I only did nationals on track and field in 100 meter and relay I did, but um, I'm not fast enough off on, on a sprint for the Olympics. <laughs> I do biking, but... Um, yeah, I like it to do. That's my that was my competition this year. I did nationals and two small races, so that I have the like the in competition feeling what I normally have on on inlines. So that was important to me. Yeah. So you mentioned all of the other different sports that you participated in uh, growing up and even currently as an adult in you know inline. Uh, that's been a big part and still is a big part of your of your training and your competition, right? Where did that all begin? And and how does that help you advance in your sport? Um, yeah, I started ice skating when I was five, and I always did inline in summer. So it was always a part of my life. So I always had summer and winter season and competitions. And yeah, this is the first year I, I don't I didn't do any race at all. So it's different, and we'll see how it affects my winter. So so how are you, Vanessa, spending your time? You have. Uh, so much more free time and in some cases not quite sure what you're training for in the short term because you just don't know when the next races are. So uh, how does an athlete like Vanessa Herzog deal with so much uncertainty and so many holes now in your schedule, in your daily schedule? Yeah, like I mentioned before, we have a very big house and garden, so there's a lot of (laughs) things to do. Um, So I, I won't get bored, but... Yeah, the uncertainty is a bit, yeah, difficult, I would say. So I don't know. I'm, I know I'm training for the Olympics, but I don't know what I'm training for this winter for some right. small national competitions. That's the, the hard part. Just stay focused in your head and just keep going. That's the most important thing this year. All right, I was going to bring up your the, 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 the farm a little bit later, but since you <laughs> opened up that book here a moment ago, how big is it? I mean, I, I know it's enormous, but uh, how many acres and... And uh, and what, what do you do to 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 take care of it all? Because I'm sure it takes uh, a lot of manpower to keep it to, to keep it where it needs to be. Oh, 
know. I don't know the American acres, but I know the square meters in the European measurement. It's 20,000 square meters. I don't know how much that is, but we have around, what is it, 5,000 square feet living space. So it's quite big. And yeah, I just like it. If, when I'm not training, I just sit with the chick, chickens and watch them what they're doing. And then my husband, you have to go to training again. Okay. So I almost missed that because it's so much fun and relaxing. So, so we'll have to get out our conversion table to, to figure out here in the United States how, how large 20,000 square meters would be. But uh, put it in perspective for us. If you were to go outside and just kind of walk the perimeter of, mm -hmm. of your farm, how long would that take you to go start to finish just walking around one lap? Um, for sure, more than half a mile. More than half a mile. Yeah, more than half. More than half. Well, that that will keep you in shape uh, easily. Uh, so <laughs> visiting here with with uh, Vanessa Herzog, uh, speed skating world champion from Austria, and let's talk a little bit about oh, over the the last couple of years for you because uh, my work with NBC and the Olympic Channel began two years ago, which was your phenomenal season on the World Cup circuit. It, it's it seemed like and it probably felt like for you that you won or were on the podium of basically every event that season and not only winning all of those events, but basically dethroning now Kadira, who seemingly had not lost a race in about 20 years at the 500 meter distance. Uh, when you, when you reflect back on that season and kind of your breakout year, what comes to mind? Um, of course the world championships in Inter because Inter is like my home track. It's, only two hours away from where I live and like I know everything there. I know all the restaurants, cafes, my family lives an hour away. So it's like my home track. And I know if I want to beat now, then it's here and that it's the world championship is, is perfect. And came into, fin into the finish. Uh, I saw the time and I was like, I'm not sure if it's enough. It's, it's a new personal best. It's the track record, but I'm not sure. And then, yeah, luckily I was faster and it was like, yeah, it was the best race of my life. Well, what was it like, just generally speaking, that year going head to head so often with Kadira? I mean, what is it like, let's say you're in a race, last pair, it's you and now uh, racing basically for World Cup or World Championship gold. What, what is it like on the ice with her over these last couple of years from your perspective? Um, I just see her as like a really, really professional athlete who is always doing everything perfect every day the same. When you watch a warm up with her, with her coach, it's every time the same. Um, yeah, it's she's just amazing. She's how she skates and how how low she can go, which is important on speed skating. That's it. That's just amazing. Watch her. And 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 Joey Cheek is is the analyst uh, with us here on NBC in the United States, and he just talks about technically how almost perfect uh, that her form is with with every uh, stride. The other aspect of our conversation generally switches to, you know, she's really bloomed at a later age in your sports. You know, she is 34 years old now, so even a couple of years ago when she had that long run of winning. You know, 35 or 36 consecutive 500 meter races. She was doing it not as a 23 year old as you were a couple of years ago, Vanessa, or you know, a Kachanova, who is one of the, the the young great 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 sprinters now as well. So, 
how much did you marvel at her ability not only to win races but to win races at that age? I think it changed. When I started, the people said the perfect age for speed skating is 27, 28. But I think when you look at the best ones um, we have, it's it's later, like um, over 30. So, um, yeah, I think the more years you train, the better shape and the better shape you get. So, um, yeah, I have a, a few more fun years to go. <laughs> so, so you feel like you're not close to peaking yet. Your, your personal best is 36.83. Um, how fast do you think it can go? Do you think you may peak? Oh, that's hard to say. And I don't want to put a limit on myself because when you do that, then you won't go faster. That's my belief. So, of course, I want to do, I want to get the world record so, one day. So, that's one big goal. And, and you're about to, yeah, and 36.36 is still the 500 meter world record, which I'm sure uh, you probably think about going to sleep most every night. Um, let, let's let, let's talk a little bit about about just speed 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 skating in Austria because uh, your your national team quite small. Uh, you are certainly the 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 face of the team. Uh, Flores Roots, we've seen him uh, on the World Cup circuit on on the men's side, but outside of you two, generally speaking, you're kind of holding the torch for the entire country. Uh, why is that the case? Why are there not more Austrians on the track with you? Is it because they're drawn Alpine sports, or is it something else? Of course, skiing is really big in Austria, but I think the problem is that we don't have any venues. We have one outside rink, which is open from mid-November and Cup starts beginning of November, so that's really difficult. And most parents want their kids go to Inter for two months when they're still in school, so that's that's really hard. But we had good athletes 25 like around the time when I was born and between Emma Shihunyadi 25 years ago and me there was nothing so um, we don't we have good athletes but not, not every year. <laughs> do you do you feel that, uh, that because of your successes over these last several years and going to two Olympic Games and just missing the, the podium in Pyeongchang in 2018 do you feel that a lot of younger Austrian athletes are now looking to you and, and kind of seeing you as that role model to get them into your sport? Do you see more young kids uh, be, be becoming much more interested in speed skating because of you? Um, yeah, I think so. In Innsbruck, where the only track is there, they have a lot of kids. And when they see me, they're always like, hey, can I have an autograph and stuff? So that's really nice. And when I, like, when I started to win World Cups, the national our TV started um, putting the um, now I'm live on every World Cup on on television so that's really nice so people see me and they when I walk on the streets they recognize me which is really nice and and you mentioned uh, MSA Hanyedi she she's the only Austrian female to win Olympic medals and the only one to win a gold medal back in 1994 in the 1500. Uh, there have only been six Olympic medals won by an Austrian speed skater ever. How much of a how much of a driving force is that for you? Uh, looking ahead to Beijing in 2022 and then in 2026, I'm guessing a couple more cycles remain for Vanessa Herzog to join a very exclusive Austrian club. How important is that to you? Um, 
uh, Olympics medalist, the big dream of every athlete. And it's hard when you go to the Olympics and and then you think, oh, I'm going to do a medal. That's not happening. It's happening or not, I believe. So when I'm in good shape and on the start line, then yeah, it's happening when I'm fast enough. But the Olympic, it's it's really hard to put your top form on one specific day. If you're sore or injured, then yeah, bad luck. Try again in four years. That's that's the hard part about it. And and reading about your your kind of career in speed skating and some of who your idols were, I know Annie Freisinger's name comes up a lot as far as uh, her great accomplishments: uh, five-time European all-around, three-time world uh, all-around champion, three-time Olympic champion as well. Can can you talk about your relationship with her and why then and then why now she is such a an inspiration for you, Vanessa? I always said she was she was my big role model and like 15 years ago when I came to Insel the first time I saw her skating I was like wow she's so brilliant and no not a lot of people won world sprints and world around which is nowadays impossible yeah she achieved so much and there's like a children's prize for newcomer of the year in Austria and she once hold my speech speech for me and that's when I met her the first time and talked to her and yeah now she's a good friend she lives in Salzburg not far from here and yeah we talk often so so for those fans uh, world worldwide who watch Vanessa Herzog skate and you mentioned that you know winning Olympic medal and potentially breaking the world record are some of your major goals still out there when when they're watching you skate and they just see this power first hundred meters and and just how how fast you're going around the bends uh, you know for many of the people watching they can't see little flaws you know tiny mistakes that can shed a little bit of time what what are those type of things for you that can make you even faster and even better um my first hundred meters is not the fastest I w- i'm working on that the last two or three years with athletics so that I'm like more powerful in the first strokes. I think I got to a point where it's good but not perfect so that can be um, better but I like my corners they are pretty good but there's still a lot of things to not every race is good not every race is perfect so speed skating on the 500 it's really every stroke has to be good to be the fastest and it's it's over in 37 seconds, so you don't have any time to make mistakes. And, and you only have one shot, uh, unlike you know years ago where there would be a couple of different 500s in the Olympics. Now it's one race oh. for the medals, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's tough when you think about it. Just I, I exactly know how many strokes I do in one 500 race, and when you do one like bad one, then it's over when you skate against now Kodara or the Russian girl. So the World Cup season that you had a couple of years ago was magical. And suddenly everybody within the sport knew exactly who Vanessa Herzog was and the capabilities and that you were a contender in every race. This past World Cup season, things started off um, really awfully with, with, with the first race and the disqualification, which again, for the, for, for the kind of 
regular followers of your sport may not realize how impactful that was, not just for that World Cup race, but for the following several, because you're relegated basically into a second division, which costs you uh, a lot of opportunities to win World Cup points and put yourself back in that A division. Well, what do you remember about that first event and then how difficult it was on you mentally to get back into that A division and and, and race against uh, your, your peers who you had beaten so soundly the year before? Um, before that race, I knew I was in pretty good shape. I showed good times in some test races, and I think I just wanted too much. I, I knew I was fast and I could mm. win, but the, that wanting too much was not ideal, I would say. Um, after two four starts, I was uh, I had to go to B division, which is skating for place 21, which is really hard because I was faster than the girls in A division on that World Cup. And then it took until World Cup 4, until I was with my head back to normal, like, yeah, just trying to skate normal. And that was then in end of December, and it was really hard. But my season ended good with a World Cup win, which I was really happy about. I mean, you completely turned things around. And what was that one of the most difficult periods of your skating career was was dealing with that type of failure and trying to figure out how to climb out of what was a pretty deep hole uh, mentally and, and on the ice. Yeah, mentally it was pretty hard because it was my fault. I did two four starts and I had to come back again from B division, which is really hard. It's early in the morning. I'm not used to that. <laughs> And um, yeah, trying to come back and be on the same level as I was before was was not easy for me mentally. What what was the reaction then of of your competitors of Fatkalina of Kachanova of Kadira? I you're all such a very small fraternity. Some are better friends with others than than maybe other groups, but I'm sure they could all understand and commiserate with you because most all of them have been in that position before yeah as a speed skater you say that happens once in your life and not again but they say <laughs> they, they saw how sad i was and everyone came to me and hugged me that was really nice it, it's like a small family yeah everyone yeah. likes each other and yeah if someone's sad and down then are there for you yeah and, and I wanted to bring up another what will be a kind of a, a, a challenging conversation because it, it, it came out. First off, happy anniversary to you and your husband, Tom. I know you had your fourth uh, wedding anniversary a couple of weeks ago. So congratulations on that. Uh, how, how did you two celebrate your fourth anniversary? Um, go for dinner to a nice restaurant and just cheer. Like, okay. Cheers. Yeah. So, so you know, news came out right toward the end of this past World Cup season back in February about a really difficult time for Tom, difficult time for both of you when it became public knowledge that he's dealing with Parkinson's disease. And I know that had been weighing on all of you months prior to the disclosure. So can, can you take us back to that that moment when uh, I guess when when you found out about the disease with him, and then why why February was the right time to to make it public, which is 
uh, which is dealing with such a very private and tender issue. It's found out like right after my good season where I became world champion. So it was yeah, really hard in the beginning that because I he was feeling bad and I didn't know what to do to make him feel better because in the beginning he had no medication and just tried to yeah, live his normal life, which was really hard. And he has really good doctors in Austria and he got good medications now, so he's pretty stable. And he came out in February, just um, yeah, two weeks before the World Championships, so that he wants to take he wanted to take pressure off shoulders. So um, yeah, the, everyone sees we are struggling with something difficult and still going, trying to go fast. So that was the yeah goal for him. How is he doing now? He's pretty good. He's doing sports every day, at least an hour, which is making him fit and he's feeling great. He's he's doing good. I'm proud of him. As we all are. And and, and <laughs> for the fans who don't realize his impact on your career, he's basically everything to your career, right? He's your, he's your adoring husband. He's your coach. He's your manager. He helps set up our conversation here today over the last couple of weeks. So uh, can, you, can you give the people out there listening an idea of just how integral he is to not just to your life, but to your skating career as well? Yeah, he's everything to me. He's important. He's writing my training schedule. He's managing everything around my sport. It's living my life, but more exhausting because he has to manage and organize everything. And that's, of course, not helpful for his disease, but he's doing a really good job. Has there been, not that there is any silver lining to this pandemic that has halted all of our sports around the world, but is there a little bit of silver lining in the fact that while he is dealing with this and, 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 and defeating Parkinson's, that you're around more and that there isn't a lot of travel and you can just you know, hang out on your 50,000 square foot or square meter uh, farmland and just enjoy more time with each other. Is, is, that, is that true? Yeah. Um, mainly after a season, we're both pretty tired, but for him it's more exhausting than for me because of his disease. And it was good that we stayed at home longer. Normally I would be on cam two camps in April already, and so we stayed home, did the first camp in July with and we could relax more and yeah, get more energy in our bodies back. And I think that was really good for him and for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. So so today <laughs> is my wife's today's is my wife's birthday, and uh, oh, uh, I, I know how how, how and there, there's and there's a little bit of an age gap for us. It's it's a ten year difference, and uh, I, I know there's there's a bit of an age gap for you and Tom as well. Uh, I don't know the story of how you two met. Um, are you open to sharing uh, how, how you met uh, years ago? Um, yeah, sure. Um, between us, it's the age gap of 25 years. And he was a sports manager before. And Andy Friesinger, German speed skater, called him and said, Hey, Vanessa is skating naked, like with no logos, bunch of logos on, <laughs> on the podium. You want to meet her? And then in the beginning, he was only my manager, and yeah, then some better evolved. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> glad you clarified what skating naked meant as far as uh, no sponsors. 
<laughs> I was really I was really confused for a second there, Vanessa. <laughs> So, so, and and first off, uh, our our thoughts with you and with him as he continues to to deal with this, and and so grateful that you have an opportunity to spend so much more quality time uh, with with him and the animals. And I'm bringing up the animals now because when this podcast began, uh, I, I alluded to the fact of a race that you won, a European uh, championship that you won a couple of years ago, where. Your prize, not necessarily the prize from the ISU for winning uh, the, the Euro Championship, but your you had you had a, some type of wager, some type of bet with your husband Tom on yeah. if you won this championship, you would win something. Can you can you provide us details on this incredible story? <laughs> um, it was in Calabria, in Italy, and we stayed at a hotel where they had alpacas. And I said, oh, I want to really have one. And then he said, yeah, if you win the European Championship, you can have two because one is lonely. And then somehow it was in the newspaper and the mayor of the city we live in saw it. And he said, oh, I'm I'm in for that. So she gets it from the city. <laughs> so it was later and then I had two alpacas. One was pregnant. So now we have three. <laughs> That's the best bet I ever did. <laughs> and that's the best bet you ever did. I, I would agree. I think that should be that should be a wager we all should make at some point in our lives. Um, what, what is it like to to caretake for alpacas? I, I've actually I've I've petted a couple of alpacas at a baseball game here in the states a couple of years ago. They're adorable. They they look awfully strange, but they're they're they're, they're just they're they're fetching. So what what is it like to care for them? I know they have names, right? Yeah. What are their yeah. names? The baby we got has, uh, it's Al Pacino from El Pacino. <laughs> El pa I love it. And the other two, they already had names. It's Bella and Naki. Bella and Naki? Yeah, they already Bella. had those names. <laughs> and are, are, you a, are you an Al Pacino fan? <laughs> um, Instagram vote for names for the baby we had and I saw that name and I had to laugh, so we took it. <laughs> that is just, that's just, it's fantastic. So uh, <laughs> visiting here with uh, with Vanessa Herzog, the, the star two-time Olympian speed skater from Austria, uh, who is dealing with this pandemic like we all are across the globe uh, with, with such grace and, and such a great attitude, um, because this is for a lot of athletes, the most trying times uh, of, of their lives. And, um, I guess I just had a couple more questions here for you, Vanessa, and these are going to be more off-the-wall questions uh, for you first off. And I guess before I get to these, I'm a big tennis player back here in the United States. Are you a big Dominic Team fan when he won the, the U.S. Open in tennis a couple of weeks ago? What, did that did that resonate with you? Were you following his progress in, in uh, New York City? Oh, of course. My husband and I are sitting the whole match and watch the game of him. Um, yeah, he just lost the game against um, Schwarzman yesterday, but we mm -hmm. watched all the five hours he did. But yeah, sadly he lost, but I, I just love watching tennis and we're a big team fan. Okay, good, good to know. Well, maybe if, 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 we, if we get together at some point down the line, we'll bring some tennis rackets, we can, we can uh, hit some balls around. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, so the, the last series of questions here for you, Vanessa, first off is uh, we, we play a game called kind of hanging with champions Olympian tag. 
And all that means is, and for example, we asked uh, Evany Blondine, you, you, I'm sure you know her well. We asked her a couple of weeks ago, who, whose story that she wanted to hear coming on this show? You know, who would she be, be curious to hear about their background? And she suggested uh, Mika Patala. So mm-hmm. Mika Patala, the four-time Olympian from Finland, he's actually going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. We've, we've set things up already. Um, she's interested in hearing a big, 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 because he's he really regarded as one of the funniest Olympians out there, and she wants to hear the story on, on why and, and what makes him funny and, and how he engages the crowd before his races. Um, did, did you ever have any any memories of him growing up? Because he would have been in his prime when you were a small girl. Yeah, I think I was too young. When he was in his prime, I was still in B group and not watching um, the big stars too closely. So I maybe was too small back then. So so I guess the, so the question then becomes uh, for Vanessa Herzog, who, uh, whose story would you like to hear? Who Who would you want to volunteer to be on the show it doesn't have to be a speed skater. It does not have to be an Austrian. But uh, whose story uh, would you be curious to hear about in, uh, on the show? Sports? Any, any athlete, any sport, any athlete. Uh, I'm a big fan of Simone Biles. Simone Biles? Yeah. How come? I don't know. I just admire how she um, handles to stay in, in, on top for so many years. That's really hard as an athlete and... I just want to know how she does that. And I did ask I, I did ask Mame Baini uh, a couple of weeks ago because she is only 20 years old and she's preparing for her second Olympic Games in Beijing. Did, does she aspire to be an Olympian three times, four times? How long is her career? And she said, no, maybe maybe one or two more at the most. Uh, for, for you, Vanessa, you'll be uh, 27, uh, 26, 27 when Beijing hits. Uh, do you plan on that being it, or does it depend on how the results go, knowing that speed skaters, as you said earlier, tend to peak in their late 20s, early 30s? Uh, I want to do at least two more Olympics. That's my goal. And then we'll see if I'm still in good shape and healthy and no injuries, then, yeah, maybe another one. But that's difficult to say years ahead. Could you be? Could you see yourself, Vanessa, as the next Claudia Pestein? Who just uh, no. <laughs> skates and skates and skates until she's almost 50? Nope. I always have a joke with her because she's one month older than my mom. So I'm always talking <laughs> with her about it. I mean, as, as an athlete, again, for, for the people who don't follow speed skating, uh, Claudia is now 47 or 48 years old. Is that – we're in the vicinity, and she's been in, you know, six or seven Olympic Games. Just when, when you see her on the ice, whether it's the – the mass starts or, you know, the, the, some of the, the distance races. What what goes through your minds and through the minds of all the other athletes as you continue to marvel at her endurance, her stamina, and her physical ability to still compete? That's really admiring that she's still competing at a really high level at this age. Um, there are not many athletes out there in any sports who can do that. There's one ski jumper. He, who is the same age as her. I don't know more. And yeah, she's a really nice person. I like her. And yeah, I hope she continues still fishing and skates good there. Does she have a sense of humor when you joke that she is about the same age as your mom? <laughs> We're laughing about it. So yeah. <laughs> good. All right. Uh, final couple of questions here for Vanessa Herzog. And Vanessa, first off, I can't thank you enough for your time. The, these are going to be kind of unusual questions, okay? And 
and they will require your top three answers to all these questions. Okay? Yeah. All right. Here's question one for Vanessa Herzog. Top three most expensive animals to feed on your farm. They're not expensive. Um, then I would say pigs, chicken, and goose or geese. And the alpacas are not expensive to feed. No, they eat the grass. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Simple. Question number two for Vanessa Herzog. Your top three vacation destinations. Um, Jamaica, uh, Greece, and Croatia. And which will be the first destination as a vacation you take when the world opens up? Where will you go next? Good question. <laughs> um, I like Italy a lot, and it's pretty close, so I would say Italy. Okay, good. Sounds like a conversation you and Tom need to have here on, on, on planning yeah. something in the future. All right, question number three for Vanessa Herzog. Your three least favorite parts of training? Um, biking, <laughs> intervals, and uphill sprints. <laughs> <laughs> and would biking be the, the, the uh, part of training you hate the most? Like, is, that, is that the it, worst of the worst? Either. I don't hate it, but there are more fun parts of training. Okay. All right. Um, question number four for Vanessa Herzog. Your top three streaming shows or movies? Um, the Last Dance, Michael Jordan. Mm. I like to watch The Big Bang Theory. I watched it a hundred times before. <laughs> and... Give me a sec. Sure. We'll, we'll play the Jeopardy theme song while you think of the third. Okay. Uh, suits. Suits. Yeah. Got it. Do, do you have a favorite character in the Big Bang, Big, Big Bang Theory? Um, no, not really, but I just like how it's set up. and Yeah, it's just funny. Okay. Perfect. Those are not answers I expected. And then the last dance is one that I didn't expect either. Are you a big Michael Jordan or basketball fan? I'm a big sports fan. So I watch series on TV or which I can stream online. And yeah, just this story, how he got on top. I just like how to see how, how athletes um, race. Perfect, perfect. All right, well, that leads perfectly into the last question. So the top three worst sports for Vanessa Herzog. Sports you would like to play and you just stink at them. What would those be? Um, billiards. Luge? <laughs> um, uh, is it luge in English? Luge? Like going downhill... With this, so, sure. Yeah. sure, sure, yeah, luge. Okay. <laughs> so you've uh, tried lugeing? Yeah, I did. And my husband and I always do a competition, and of course he's faster because he's a bit heavier. So he's always making. And I would say um, volleyball. And volleyball. Yeah. And and how how tall are you, Vanessa? Uh, meters one meter seventy five. Okay. <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> All right. So, so pool, luge, and volleyball would be your three worst sports. 
Yeah. Okay, perfect. perfect. And, and as a tennis player, did you, did you grow up playing uh, playing tennis or any other sports seriously? Certainly not as serious as speed skating, but were there others? Um, yeah, only inline skating. I started ice when I was five, so there was not much time for anything else. Okay. All right. Well, Vanessa, I, I can't thank you enough uh, for, for your stories and, and your time this morning. Uh, best of luck to you and to Tom uh, in dealing with this pandemic and dealing with the, the personal issues on the side. Our, our thoughts are with him uh, and, and all of your families as you guys uh, deal with that. But uh, thanks so much to you and congratulations on all of your successes so far. And I really hope to see you on the ice here in a few months. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. And Apologies for my German accent. <laughs> no, it, it's perfect. It's perfect. I, I could understand everything. I, my apologies for my American accent and speaking so fast. <laughs> All right. Well, Vanessa, thanks so much and uh, best wishes to you. And we hope to see you on the ice very soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So that is Vanessa Herzog. We wish them nothing but uh, love and good health as they move forward. A huge thanks to her for hanging out with us. And a reminder, you can hang out with us too. Subscribe and get notified when the next Hanging with Champions episode drops wherever you get your podcast. Vanessa can find this on Apple, on Google, Pandora, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, and Stitcher, and on our Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook social channels as well. So for Vanessa Herzog and our entire crew, I'm Patrick Kanis. Thanks to all of you for hanging with us on Hanging with Champions.